Welcome to iFollow. Good morning, everybody, and welcome to episode 63, 62 of I4O. I'm getting a little bit ahead of myself here, but um, we have surprisingly a pretty packed week in news so far. But first, without further ado, um, we've had a pretty exciting weekend. Let me introduce Jeff and Irvin. How's it going, guys? Always good to have you on the show. Hey, Matt. Good to be back. Good to see you again. <laughs> I always look forward to seeing you guys on the show. Hey. Yeah, nice. That was Irvin. Smooth talking. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> Coming in from behind is Irvin. Yeah. What's up, everyone? Hey. Uh, pretty, t- pretty tired after yesterday. Yeah, we had a busy day yesterday. We'll we'll talk about that in a little bit, but. Well, I can't I can't help but notice your hat. Oh, oh, uh, mm. <laughs> yeah. I, I do have a, a a special hat to reflect on what what we did. Pretty boring hat. Uh, yeah. Bo- yeah, a boring company <laughs> from the boring company. You guys, uh, you took a trip down to good old Washington D.C. You wanna? We did. You wanna we chat did. a bit about what went what what went on down there? We rode down in the Tesla first off, which was my first experience driving long distance in an electric vehicle. So I got to experience the superchargers and um, autopilot down um, the highway going towards Washington D.C. But the the pickup event itself was uh i'm I'm gonna let Irvin talk about it first just because he was the one who was um getting swept up and held across the finish line by all the boring company employees for to pick up his flamethrower and i was just merely there for the photo op opportunity (laughs) but i'll let him talk about it and get you can get his take on it and then i'll give you my take on it um since he's the one who picked up the flamethrower the not a flamethrower not a flamethrower so as you can see it right behind me just chilling there um but yeah so yesterday we drove down to dc no flame uh, over there the boring company um yeah held a pickup event so that this is the second one that they have done the first one that they did was in la uh right at the spacex headquarters and this one they did in washington dc and you're thinking okay what is why is it well why was it in washington dc such a random uh place but actually a boring company has a um Right now, it's a parking lot over there that was uh, uh, leased or, or um, uh, sort of given to uh, the boring company by the government um, over there to start building uh, the uh, Hyperloop system from D.C. to New York. So they, they announced those plans to do that East Coast sort of uh, super fast transit system. Um, and that's where the D.C. stop is going to be. Um, and they had a big hole there. <laughs> they have they dug a big hole. They bore a big hole. <laughs> yeah. It was just a hole in the ground, and you could see that's where the the stop is going to be. Um, so we showed up. Uh, we went up. They walked us through the little brief uh, safety safety uh, uh, seminar just to make sure you don't hurt yourself <laughs> while uh, testing out the flamethrower. And then uh, they also had uh, people like trying to uh, see. Um, like if you wanted to learn more stuff, I, I think there were like SpaceX and, and boring company employees. Um, and you can ask them questions, anything that you wanted to know. Um, and then you can move on to like this photo op section section where you can uh, take a picture with you firing the flamethrower. Uh, the one that I got was a little, uh, low on propane. 
So by literally, you probably mean like it was literally just <laughs> breathing fire. It wasn't shooting fire in the same way that the one that we actually got was working. Yeah. So so the the little little let down there. Uh, it was like one tenth the flame size. What? <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we, uh, if you can, if you wanted to see, I don't know if you posted the ones we took last night, but if you want to, you can post it to our Twitter page and you can check it out on our, on our Twitter. Uh, at twitter.com industry slash industry 40 mm-hmm. um matt will be posting those pictures i put uh, up, uh, one or two of them already yeah. oh really of the ones we took last night i put the one up from your photo up but not the ones we took last night so i'll probably yeah. upload the videos maybe from that or I, a couple of the pictures i have to yeah, say yeah. irvin you look it looks like christmas morning on your face <laughs> like <laughs> you just look so happy <laughs> yeah it was, it was pretty pretty awesome experience um overall <laughs> And, and yeah, actually getting to test it out uh, last night, uh, it was a little frightening at yeah. first. <laughs> Just a little bit because it was a lot. The flame was a lot bigger than I thought. A lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot of fire. Um, but um, I, I'm glad to sort of own a piece of like I guess memorabilia since it is a limited edition item oh considering they've already what quadrupled in value on ebay yeah that's true (laughs) minimum yeah 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 but uh my take on it is a little more subdued than urban's um (laughs) we showed up at the event and it was like a tiny little lot kind of thing and they kind of like the the one entertaining part was the the way that they legally covered themselves at the door there was a man standing there with a hyperloop shirt on and he asked you what you were coming in for and if you told him a flamethrower he's like we don't sell that here nope he was just like so you had to tell them that you were coming for the not a flamethrower and he was like oh yeah we have those here come on come right in and like you show your ticket and then you're allowed in um so that was entertaining the the way they covered themselves and then they basically just took your id and it was very quick Mm-hmm. Like we were in and out of that place within like six or seven minutes total. Yeah. Wow, it was very fast. How many people um, were there? Not that no, many. When we... Not that many when we were. So the entire event was the throughout the day. So it started at eleven, and then it ended at five. And you can say, okay, what slot you wanted to show up. And I picked the slot that was like around th- uh, three p.m. And I probably should have picked like an earlier slot because I'm assuming that's when most of the people showed up like probably. very early um and yeah so we were we showed up a little later time and it was like yeah very very little amount of people no line at all nothing Mm -hmm. yeah it was it was much quicker than i thought it was going to be like we were we parked and then 10 minutes later we were back in his car (laughs) (laughs) it was very quick um it was cool though but like we didn't really get to experience it until we got back to my apartment and tested it in the little like open area that they have they have there's like a big smoker that some of the businesses and in my complex use so it's like a lot of gravel and like not a lot of flammable stuff nearby so we figured it was a safe (laughs) place to test it um so we were back there and the the pilot light itself was three or four times bigger than the total flame size that urban had when he was taking his photo oh my gosh the pilot light was it was where that was where i thought it was going to go out to in like when, when you're pulling the trigger, but then you pull the trigger and it becomes this like six foot flame. Um, so this thing is very entertaining. <laughs> to oh say the least. Did anyone uh, see you? 
What's that? Did anyone like watch you guys, or did you like wait awkwardly for someone to I, walk by at one point? <laughs> we waited uh, I, I waited for around. yeah for people to leave because yeah. <laughs> I don't want my like someone to like call the cops on me. Or something. What could these like, guys be doing out here with this large, not a flamethrower? <laughs> yeah, that looks kind of like a gun. Yeah. yeah. That's why I was just like, we should drive over here because I don't want us to like walk across the parking lot with a flaming gun looking thing. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, it was, it was really entertaining to actually shoot. And I want to get like all the I4O guys together and have like a, like a flamethrower day or not a flamethrower day. <laughs> yeah, come on. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I think that'll be entertaining. I would um, love that. Yeah. yeah. So it was a cool event. Um, we also checked out the Air and Space Museum, so there are pictures of that that we took. Uh, maybe I'll put up a photo or two of that. Yeah. But, yeah, so I was trying to kind of tweet throughout it, but, like, the event itself was so fast, I, like, didn't have time to, like, actually <laughs> well, and tweet. If you tweeted once, then you did tweet throughout it. <laughs> yeah, you really, yeah. there was enough time for one tweet. Mm -hmm. Yeah, uh, we also did a speed test on the internet on Urban's car. <laughs> you got 15 megabits per second on fast.com <laughs> so the first time i'd ever done a speed test on a cars network yeah so. more than one flame in yeah. one day <laughs> yeah those blazing fast network speeds that's right well yeah with the flamethrower in the trunk um but yeah it was it was cool it was a cool event um it was cool to get some information on like how boring company pays for the tunnels and stuff like that um yeah, oh, you're was... right. They had their bricks over there, um, mm -hmm. too. So they are uh, planning to you know, the use the dirt that they uh, dig out uh, when making the hole um, to make bricks and sell those. And in theory, that should pay uh, for the tunnel should pay for itself by doing that. They're selling it for, I think they said 10 cents a brick, mm -hmm. which is like four times cheaper than the next cheapest brick i guess is I, what they were saying. I love that kind of stuff like yeah. just using everything from your project to make yeah. it as affordable and productive as possible yeah and they're selling it for so cheap not to make a profit off of it not to undercut competition but they're selling it so cheap just so that way they can break even on their digging costs like that's the only reason there's no profit for these bricks that they yeah. want so it's kind of cool but yeah it was neat to like learn a little bit about boring company and um just like see a bunch of people who are like-minded and how excited they are like some people were really enjoying themselves like i retweeted the the pictures from the boring company itself and like there's a couple where like a guy was um like holding his dog in one hand and the flamethrower in the yeah, other hand and, i saw that one yeah and like people were setting marshmallows on fire there <laughs> so it was pretty cool um more to come on that as we can all get together and actually test it out yeah <laughs> You'd be like Ripley from Aliens. <laughs> we'll get like an alien scale model made of marshmallows and just set it on fire. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but yeah, so without further ado, I think we also have some news to talk about this week. We definitely have some news to talk about this week, Matt. Yeah, and first and foremost is that flat earthers need beware when referencing Google Maps now. Uh, Google Maps now, when you zoom out all the way, features a globe instead of a flat Earth. <laughs> so, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they're finished thinking two-dimensionally with maps, and they're moving on to just expand. Like, it's 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 a simple little change, but 
Um, oh. It's very controversial depending on who you are. I wonder if there's anyone out there who's a flat earther that believes the earth is flat because of Google Maps. <laughs> and that will change their mind. <laughs> yeah. And Greenland's projection, according to this article, is now no longer the size of Africa. Yeah. Which is a realistic thing. They can now size the different like land masses accurately now that it's a globe um but yeah and so map projection is hard it's like if you put everything flat you have to uh it gives you an incorrect representation of sizes of countries and this is more way more accurate case in point antarctica it always <laughs> looks like it's the entire bottom of the globe <laughs> technically true but when you wrap that out it's way bigger than it actually is um <laughs> But yeah, it's only available on desktop and not available on the mobile platforms, but it will work in every browser, um, which is kind of cool. So, yeah, neat little update from Google Maps just to um, put one more nail in the coffin for flat earth theory. <laughs> Google Maps has it, then obviously it's true, right? Definitely. But, yeah. So, um, but let's roll into the next topic. Yeah. Because we have some other things to talk about. Um, there's a bit of gaming news that happened this week. Fortnite is going to be ditching the Play Store to avoid the 30% cut that Google Play takes on any app purchase. So this is pretty big news. Yeah. Gaming, at least, for for mobile gaming. Um, and also, it, it could be dangerous, I think. Mm. It could be very dangerous, just because um, now there's no review on that, on that map or on that APK that is going to be distributed through Epic. And yeah. I think it's very possible that people could abuse that. Also, people trying to look for the APK somewhere else on like some less reputable sites, it could be sort of infected with malware, right? Because mm -hmm. um, if you're not, if you're looking for the APK, and you, for whatever reason, you're not getting it directly from the Epic uh, site, you might get an ad that's like, oh, download the, the Fortnite APK right here. And then you click on it, it takes you to some random website might be some you know modified uh, a bit um yeah. so if no, you are downloading just as a tip if you are downloading an apk the one of the most trusted sites out there on the net is apk mirror yeah. um if you aren't getting it directly from uh epic games uh, just as a tip that's the only source i think you should consider other than directly from <laughs> yeah author. because apks can very easily be unbundled and yeah. modified to be in infected with all kinds of malware. And I, unfortunately, I think that we're going to see a lot of that as this um, begins to become more popular. Um, yeah. Not only that, but we now do. users will have to enable the download of third-party software, which if left on is another vulnerability in itself on the Android device. Yeah. Um, and we didn't, we didn't mention what, why they're doing this. So one of the reasons, the main reason is because they don't want to give uh, Google the 30% cut of every in-game in, in, in transaction. Because uh, we've seen articles throughout the last couple of weeks of like Fortnite making millions and millions of dollars per it's day. It's easily in, in, the biggest game of this generation. It's crazy. As of right now. Like it's... Like for the first time, like I can say that there has a there's a game that's come out that has had a larger impact in just everyday people than Minecraft, because back before this, Minecraft was the only game we had that had this much of a cultural impact. People like wearing Minecraft shirts. Now you have like professional athletes doing like those dances from Fortnite. Yep. 
and stuff like that at events, which yeah. is insane. It's kind of crazy how big the, this uh, uh, game has gotten. And if they could have done it on iOS, they would have, but they can't. Yeah. Yep. They can't do this on iOS, so they sort of have to take that thirty percent hit. But since they can, that's a that's a this is a, a possibility on Android to to just install random uh, well, APKs on your phone. They're like, yeah, well, you should do this and take, keep the hundred percent of the money. But I think I thought they I thought that Fortnite could not be published to the App Store on iOS. Correct me if I'm wrong. I, I don't. I, I thought I had seen an article with they're not available on. IOS. Fortnite has been on iOS for like the past month or so. It's been out for longer than on Android. I thought they had been like momentarily banned or something, or whatever. I don't know, but nope. that may be something else I'm thinking of. Huh. Yeah, it's uh, on there. Yeah, because I've now that I'm in, now that I said that out loud, I've like totally seen references of people playing on iOS. Yeah, they said that uh, Epic's actually made about twenty-seven million dollars on the iOS version in June alone. Yeah, <laughs> I wonder if that has helped Apple at all. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, we can get to that in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, I wonder. I wonder what Apple's been up to lately. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if anyone might have heard. Um, but yeah, they were saying, um. They were they were talking about uh, names like the Android download. There's a Reddit user who was cited by XDA had reached out to Ars Technica with links to a JavaScript file, which is which on which is on Epic servers. Um, just because they were saying that they're digging, like XDA has been digging into the source of uh, Fortnite itself, um, and they were looking for sideloading the app directly from Epic's site instead of redirecting users. And source code with an apparent image leak from their servers put together. They have some instructions, which is what I was saying earlier, that they have to download and go through some security prompts. Uh, I don't like that. I really don't think this is a good idea. I think they should eat it and go with the Play Store because if the biggest game ever currently does this, then how many other smaller games are going to try to take this route also? And... Once that happens, I think you have people abusing the system. Yeah, I mean, you could also just make it explicitly clear, hey, make sure you get this from our trusted source. <laughs> it's yeah. really that easy, but a lot of people won't listen or they'll be naive, I think. So I, sh mm -hmm. I share your concern, definitely. But Especially when you're putting money into this app. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's one thing when it's a free game that's downloaded from some site who has a developer who like wanted to work on it but it's another thing when you're putting your credit card information in to buy skins and like different game modes and stuff like that yeah definitely yeah that's like a nine million dollar almost ten, probably ten million dollar a month difference for epic though to do that yeah yeah really yeah so, so. It, it's it's substantial for sure but i don't i don't like it <laughs> just as someone who we've reported all kinds of security issues throughout this podcast yeah and it's just like another risk that we have to worry about now especially wonder, with, you think because the, you, like, how will okay. they be will they track this in any way other than like just user complaints is there I have no idea is there a way to say like hey this is because of the version of fortnite that i installed or like is i have gonna... no clue yeah i don't either that's another thing how are you going to get updates you have to go and download them from their website every time a new <laughs> package comes out mm. it might be know. through app like yeah. it'll detect it's like oh no there's a new update let me just download it 
because mm-hmm. it probably will require the latest version for you to play online and won't let you play with an older version yeah yeah so as soon as you log on it's like oh you have a new version and then redirects you to the website that's like par for the course for games in general so yeah yeah, yeah. all of this just is just a I, i'm i'm seeing just like a myriad of potential security issues <laughs> yeah. like oh let me redirect you to this the apk has been modified redirects you to an incorrect site that site downloads a virus or a tracker and then it's like oh you're updated and then I don't know. Or like there's these these people like there's people out there who want to sort of cheat the system. Maybe they're looking for like a hacked version that gives you like free oh, V bucks. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or or um, uh, you it will improve your accuracy, or it won't you, you won't get as much damage, right? Little that's one way that they might entice them to you know download that version instead. Yep. As people are always looking for that type of type of stuff, and and. And the one it's, thing is, like, bad. the demographic who is going to be downloading this is the most likely to be the target of abuse. Yeah. Also, you have younger people and maybe parents who are trying to download it for their kids on their iPad or on their uh, on their tablets or phones or something like that if they don't have Apple devices. Um, yeah, I don't know. But will there be crossplay? That's the big thing. Can you cross with PlayStation? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. <laughs> that's a whole different can of worms but um that's all that people are going to worry about is there cross play can i play with my apple ios friends and then apple will be like this isn't downloaded from a legitimate source so therefore no and then you'll get that problem but whatever App- tomatoes tomatoes i was about to say apples tomatoes but <laughs> apples to androids that should be the new phrase, not tomato tomato. Should be or apples to apples. Should be apples to androids. But that's a different <laughs> <one> again. <laughs> oh, let's man. move into the next topic. Yeah, let's go ahead because this is a yeah. crazy one. Yeah, I was. I had only seen this last night, and I hadn't had a chance to like get too into what this what had actually happened. But this is insane from it what is. I have been reading. Yeah. Um, President Maduro was the target of an attempted drone attack. I think that was it you guys who showed me that video of like the dystopian future where like yeah. drones attack people. I'm pretty sure I sent that to you. Yeah. This uh, is like that becoming a reality. Though. Yeah, this this is the president of Venezuela, um, who there was a, a drone based assassination attempt made on his life, which is mm-hmm. absolutely insane. Um yeah. and it's uh with a drone possibly multiple drones that were armed with bombs that exploded close to uh, President Maduro while he's giving a speech. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah, if you can imagine that. That's insane. Yeah. Like Because the, what they said on the on the on this article for Engadget was that the video from the state television showed him looking up in panic before the camera cut away with troops running afterwards. Um, so it's like it sounds like something straight out of like a movie, basically. Um, but it's the country is going through a lot of stuff, so political unrest is kind of expected. But seeing this, uh, seeing attacks organized through technology that's only been publicly available for the last few years is something that we haven't seen before. Because um, it's much harder to stop a drone than it is to stop a person trying to attempt to assassinate somebody, um, and it's that's terrifying. <laughs> It is. It's like some like Terminator esque type thing going on. It's it's a uh, it's a lot for sure, um, but the fact that technology is being bent to this is um, 
it's crazy. There's no footage of the actual attack, um, and they're not sure who is responsible of it. Um, but there have been updates to to this, and it looks like they're blaming Colombia, so and the U.S. But I don't, I we I don't know how far we should get into that, just because it's kind of stepping away from technology a bit yeah, too far. Ex- exactly. Um, yeah, going into geopolitical conflict. Um, but it's, um, it's if this is the case, then I think that we unfortunately won't hear the last of drone attacks like this. Um, so more to follow on that. I hope not, but yeah, probably yeah, though. That's that's some scary stuff. It is terrifying stuff. Mm-hmm. But you know what else is terrifying? Facebook dating. <laughs> <laughs> to segue oh, into a new- oh, segues. yeah um yeah so facebook has gone back to its roots here they're um (laughs) working on a they're internally testing a dating feature on the social media app so now not only do you now you can accomplish anything on the internet within facebook you can play games you can meet with friends you can upload your photos and share some life experiences with your buddies and now you can date on facebook so it's just one less reason to get off of their website <laughs> i'm just imagining this dating feature as like when you get event invites on facebook it's just some random person it's like so-and-so invited you to a date <laughs> yeah <laughs> do you want to attend yeah <laughs> but like how it works just from these screenshots it looks like it kind of walks you through a, a profile that's almost like a separate entity from your actual facebook profile and um <clears throat> Excuse me. It's like you select some ident- personally identifiable information for you, um, some of your interests, who you're interested in dating, uh, where you live, and then it's kind of just like this extra feature that Facebook has, almost like it. It's almost like a game, basically. Oh gosh! It, it, this uh, this individual who's sharing the the photos is saying that they're introducing conversation starters. If you can't think of a pickup line, Facebook will think of one for you. That's so weird. <laughs> it's so it is, weird. It is really... face, Facebook is your wingman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, that's. it seems like a fairly progressive dating app also, just because they have options for trans and non-binary, non-binary options for gender identity and your desired matches. Um, but there's no guarantee that any of these features are going to make it out of this current phase because it is internal. So, um, and they haven't set a date on when this is going public, but it looks like Facebook is stepping back into the dating circuit. Um, this was, I think the last time they did this was when they were targeted at colleges and they hadn't opened it up to anybody to sign up. Yes, that's right. So, yeah. I, I the first time that they announced this feature back in in May during F eight, I think the the stocks of all the other dating apps out there took a a big hit, yeah, because of this announcement, mm-hmm. and I think it's gonna be like a huge effect on, on those in terms of how do you, how the how do these different dating apps sort of differentiate each other? Yeah, definitely. Um, so uh, I'm I'm curious to see how it'll affect you know the whole dating app scene um if people will flock to this one or just continue to use uh the apps that you're that they're already using yeah yeah no it's um i don't i don't know like what even to think of it just because it's so different in terms of what you hear coming out of facebook i guess this is maybe a reach for them 
to help their stocks come back up. Um, but I don't know. I, I really don't know what we would even do with that. If that, if that rolled out, cause there's so much competition already in that space. Yeah. Um, and so many other purpose built apps. I don't know if people are going to want that connected to their social media account. Um, or if they want to give Facebook that information, but people seem to do that anyway. Yeah, so. that's that's the weirdest part for me. I mean, connecting it to your account, like it looks like you can hide your dating profile from your friends and things like that. Um, yeah. But giving Facebook more personal information and more access to it's like not just your relationship status, but like your active dating like activity. That's yeah. that's a weird thing to share. Yeah. I don't know. But um I think we should get into the thing that we were hinting at earlier yes. in the episode about why uh the Fortnite thing may have helped Apple. But um the article that I had originally shared in the show notes was when the app had mistakenly labeled Apple as the first one trillion dollar <laughs> company. Um but I have since in that time found another article from NBC to discuss a little bit and we can I can kind of just disseminate this on you guys and then we can put it in the show notes because sure. it's a last second thing yeah but um Apple is now the first one trillion dollar company and US based company US based yeah yeah I'm sure there's plenty of oil companies that <laughs> if they went public they would be well over one trillion yeah um, but either way that's a good clarification but yeah. um, this is uh, very interesting because it's I think we all kind of saw this coming that if any of those companies were going to be first to a trillion it's going to be the money machine that is Apple um, they have always reported record earnings and somehow found a way to continue to up those numbers but um, just for anybody who's there's there's some facts in this article um, that I can read through just like to give you an idea on the scale of how much money one trillion dollars really is um, if it's one it's one it's a one followed by 12 zeros not six not nine 12 zeros which is just something to let that sink in at first but uh, if they were a country apple would be the 27th richest country in the world just behind pakistan and the head of malaysia um if they wanted to they could purchase one billion people a 999 dollar iphone 10 and they would still have a billion dollars left. <laughs> um, or it could give all 325 million people in the United States a check for $3,076.92. Oh my gosh. Yeah. So that's that's enough for basically saying they can give everybody a MacBook Pro. And Every still have man, a woman, and child. Yep. Every single person. <laughs> <laughs> that is crazy. Yeah. Um, Apple also could potentially erase a massive chunk of student debt currently at $1.52 trillion. <laughs> so yeah. they could cut an entire trillion off of that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. They could buy Bill Gates. Yeah. <laughs> they, could buy, uh, they could buy his $125 million Zandu 2.0 estate in Medina, Washington, and about 8,000 homes exactly like it. <laughs> so... Yeah, they could buy the Dallas Cowboys for four point eight billion, which is pocket changed. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> they could probably buy the entire 
NFL. Yeah, they could buy every team on Forbes' list of the 50 most valuable teams uh, for a total of less than $140 billion. Apple just monopolizes the sports industry. <laughs> <laughs> so just to like give people an idea on the scale that we're talking about here, that's a lot of money. <laughs> yeah. Um, and the fact that Apple is worth that much money is a sign of the society that we live in and the choices that Apple has made throughout their history in order to get them to where they are today. Yeah. Uh, when, when this news broke out, I saw people posting uh, from... Uh, actually, it was the actual Business Week t- Twitter account, um, and they posted a, an actual article that they published in uh, early 2000s that, uh, about Apple or late uh, 90s uh, that it was end of an era for Apple from Business Week. <laughs> 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 right. So they this the death of sort of Apple has been predicted multiple times because they weren't <laughs> this successful. Uh, back in the day, they were going through some hard times. They fired their CEO, Steve Jobs, mm-hmm. uh, and then hired him back. And yeah, they they went through some up and downs back in the day. But I think uh, the two products that got to them at this point was the iPod and the iPhone. Yep. Yeah. If you had uh, told people that they would be the first trillion dollar company in 1995, they yeah. would have called you a very crazy person. Yeah. If <laughs> I saw an article, if you would have bought the very first Macintosh which was at the time around $2,000. Uh, but if you would spend that money on Apple stock at that time, you would have like $1.2 million today. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking about this the other day. It's just like Apple and Amazon and Microsoft, like if you just dump some money into those companies not too long ago, it would be worth so much more right now. Yeah. Yep. They were saying if you had dumped, I think, $1,000 into Apple stock 10 years ago, it would be worth over $8,000 right now. I mean, yeah. Ir- Irvin's was a nicer number, but... <laughs> <laughs> well, that's only 10 years ago, too. Yeah. It's yeah. a testament that yeah. they've grown eight times in 10 years, their stock value. So Irvin's is a bit of a nicer number, but that's a yeah. much longer scale. But a yeah. much longer scale. It's, it's around 30-year scale. Right, um, yeah. But hindsight's always 20-20. You never know. Um, and sort of like this news cycle and, and the stock market likes to look at the short-term sort mm-hmm. of thing. Um, and also like at the time when that Mac came out, the iPhone wasn't really even people's heads, you know, cell phones were not even coming out. Um, and even the first cell phones, when they did come out, they were huge and and bulky and nobody would ever think that everyone have would basically have a a supercomputer in their pocket Mm -hmm. and they could do so much, uh, with that type of device. It's kind of crazy how quickly uh, the technology has progressed and also how Apple has gotten in there and, and actually created compelling products that people actually want. Yeah. Um, no, they're, they're smartphones and the way that they approach technology throughout the 2000s going into the 2010s is definitely what set them apart from everybody else. I know there's definitely some Apple haters out there, but I think you can't argue the fact that they have seriously changed the landscape of especially this this smartphone industry yeah i mean just look at the the notch policy that the, that the <laughs> pixels have rolled out. like there's rumors that the pixels are going to have a notch too which is directly following what apple did with the iphone 10 but so they they specifically stated in, the, in their uh uh requirements that you can't have more than three notches one or two they only said one on top and one on bottom. You couldn't have <laughs> any on the sides. 
But um, <laughs> which rules are my favorite? I'm just gonna have seventeen notches. I was just gonna uh, say. <laughs> or the uh, Minecraft phone, which is only a notch. And, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think that um I think that they definitely changed the landscape, and the fact that the rest of the industry copies everything they do is a testament to that. They got rid of the headphone jack, and then what did every other phone manufacturer do <laughs> after that? They cut the headphone jack out, except for maybe like OnePlus and Samsung. Um, but that's just because they're contrarians. It's not because they're following the trend. Uh, but still, it's it's like it's fascinating to see what they had, what they would do, and what they have done so far. Um, and the fact that they are where they are today is a testament to how popular they are among people. They're the most popular phone in the U.S. Like that Fortnite thing that we were talking about earlier. It's probably going to have a fairly minimal impact on people because I don't know many people who are young and have Android devices. A lot of young sure. people have iPhones. So, like, it, it goes so far. But, um, and also the Fortnite thing may, that 30% cut of the most popular game ever may help them a lot. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, certainly helping Fortnite's pockets or Epic Games, that's for sure. But, um, it's just at one trillion dollars. It's not. It's not. It, it like really doesn't mean anything if you're a shareholder at Apple. Like it's not a landmark. It's not a boost or it's not like a payday or anything like that for their shareholders. But it's a landmark achievement, and then Apple is the first company out of the U.S. to do that. So that's where the significance lies here. Not in, not in the number. Not in what they can do with that trillion dollars, but in the fact that they're the first U.S. company to do it. Um, yeah, I'm sure if any of those oil barons went public, you'd see like multiple trillion dollar industries coming out of like. Yeah, I think the first one was an actual oil company in, in China that went to a trillion dollars. I saw some articles out there that if you would look back at like um, Rockefeller and he would have been technically worth more than a, ton, yeah. a, the, a trillion dollars if you adjusted for inflation and things like that. But I don't know how those compare. Yeah. Well, it's just, it's cool. so different when it's like a, a resource versus a tech company, like someone who's yeah. producing a product that they engineer. Yeah. I mean, the big I, thing back then was, yeah, like you said, manufacturing. It wasn't consumer electronics. <laughs> right. And that's, that's what really sets this apart for me is that they design these devices. They're using their creativity to make this trillion dollar business. It's just so cool. Um, the thing that I rack my mind with the most is what are they going to do now? <laughs> What's yeah. next after the iPhone? What's the next big thing they're going to do? I think they're trying to figure that out too. Probably. But... I've seen some weird products come out of Apple lately. And like the, the HomePod and the all kinds of like that. And it looks like they're trying to do some kind of a like a smart speaker, kind of like the smaller Google Home devices for Siri. Um they're kind of like shotgunning out what they want to do. And I don't know. It's going to take some serious ingenuity to get to the next trillion. See, now that's where they're taking a page out of Google's book, where Google makes like six apps for the same function and then picks one eventually. Apple's just shotgunning out ideas the same way. Yeah. <laughs> that's the Google tactic. Nobody does that better than Google. That's right. That's why I took, I took myself off of the betas for the Google apps and the Google uh, features and stuff because they were removing features that I liked too fast. Because when you have 
and it, when you have a Google device that's on the Android P beta and you're also on the Google app beta, like having a beta inside of a beta is not a good mix. And it leads to some, a lot of features you like going away quicker than you want them to. So, yeah. So I'm off of that. I'm off of that life. I still have the, the P beta, which is due to come out August 20th. Um, piece of news that we didn't put on the show. There is actually a confirmed date for when we find out what Android P is and how it's coming out. It comes out the 20th of August. So my money is on Android Peppermint. I don't know. Maybe we what can else? get like whatever guesses we have for the name. We can get a bunch of like each of those and have like a, a unveiling party where we just like eat a bunch of peppermints when they announce it. I'm okay with that. Yeah. <laughs> just have a bunch of it on the show. Yeah. The history okay of the peppermint. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I digress. Just like, that's fine. <laughs> You're allowed to digress. I'll let it happen. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we do have some other news that we should get into. Yeah. Um, to bring Elon Musk back into the conversation. Um, we have some information on Tesla and their new uh, self-driving chips. And Irvin, you were telling me this yesterday, so I want to I want to hear I want to hear from you. Just because you know much more about this than I do. The Nvidia chips that they're dumping for their own homebrew attempt at it. Um if yeah. You want to go ahead on that one. Yeah, definitely. So uh, Tesla held their um, uh, Q2 shareholder, not shareholder, uh, conference uh, call um, this week. I think it was on Thursday. And one of the big sort of announcement that I think they made is that they're working on their own uh, chip uh, for their next generation of uh, self-driving hardware. Um, so if you were didn't know. Uh, Tesla is currently on their version two of their hardware, which is uh, made by uh, the chip that they're utilizing is made by uh, NVIDIA. And uh, Tesla has said, or Elon has said uh, previously that they may need to do a hardware upgrade down the line to get all the full self-driving features that they actually want to achieve uh, in their cars. And by full self-driving, meaning literally just press a button in the car for the, your destination. You can do whatever you want, fall asleep, uh, do whatever you have to pay attention at all, get you there uh, to the final destination. And, and Elon has hinted that they might require a hard, hardware upgrade. And, and during this call, they confirmed that they are working on the next generation hardware. But this time, they it won't be actually coming from a, a third-party vendor like NVIDIA. Uh, they had. They said that they are building their own chip in house, um, and they have been sort of working on this in, in stealth mode for the past two and a half years, um, and and trying to get the best performance out uh, of their self-driving uh, system. And if uh, you are an owner and you have pre-purchased the the full self felt full self-driving uh package um then this will be a free ha hardware upgrade and they said it'll come out later next year from what you were telling me it's like pretty much just plug and play yeah it's, it, it was designed that way from the get-go elon has said uh for a, a while back that when the hardware 2 came out in case that there is a need for an upgrade it was designed to be plug and play and you take it into a service center uh it'll take like an hour and and they, it's right under like the glove box 
They, mm. they remove the glove box, take out the old computer and plug in the new brain and, and gives you uh, uh, the brand new computer that you need to get more features, uh, more, more self-driving features to your car. Um, and just for reference, this is, according to uh, Tesla, about 10 times uh, the performance of the current mm. chip uh, that they're using. Uh, which is a, a, fa a fairly significant uh, increase, and uh, they just said that just 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 a little bit. Yeah, just <laughs> just a little bit faster. Um, right now, in comparison, it's it's using a chip that it's equivalent to a Titan, a Nvidia Titan graphics card. That's okay. this that's the sort of horsepower that's in the current cars, and this is about ten times faster, um, which is quite a quite a big jump. Um, and they need that for all the visual um, and analysis that they need to do. So, so they have eight cameras that take in and, and the radar to to look at the world and see what's going on to make decisions on how to drive uh, correctly and where to go. Uh, and this will offer a significant boost in terms of how fast they can process that data. Yeah. Um, and this is designed. So one of the things that they said is that the, the NVIDIA chip had a lot of overhead and unnecessary functions that they weren't using. And by Which going, yeah. A third party piece of software. But the, this third party was actually designed, design, this, this hardware was actually designed like the, from NVIDIA was designed for self-driving cars. So I don't know how much like, or maybe they didn't need those extra features that it was included on the chip. Right, yeah. But an in-house chip gives them the ability to kind of focus on what they wanted to do. Exactly. Right. They yeah. built it specifically for their uh, neural network that they're building out for Tesla. So it's just specifically made to work very efficiently on that network that yeah. they're building out. So it, it's, it should offer better uh, performance since yeah. it was built for that chip I had or seen for, an that, article. for that uh, workload. Yeah, I'd seen an article that we, when we, you were telling me about it yesterday that had mentioned that NVIDIA was working on their own chip as well. Mm -hmm. And it seems to match this Tesla chip in terms of performance um, because NVIDIA was touting a chip that they're coming out with that was 10x greater than what they currently have. Yeah. But kind of going off what you were saying, if they're purpose building it, then it's going to be more efficient regardless yeah. of the raw stats. So the Tesla yeah. chip may be better for Tesla, even though there's a chip that NVIDIA says has the 10x performance as well. They still might get a few extra... Um, more com computations out of the tesla chip since it's built in their system and for their system and, and just to give a background this all, all was uh sort of spearheaded by a person who uh has a has a, a a good history of working on custom design chips uh he pete Bannon uh was uh pete Bannon oversaw the development of the a5 chip mm -hmm. uh when it was put into the iphone 5 um, and then worked on a number of other ones uh, for the iPhone. Uh, so he, <laughs> that this guy has uh, uh, significant uh, experience in in uh, uh, designing uh, custom chips, custom custom silicon. So uh, it's not some some uh, rinky-dink guy who's like, oh yeah, I can design some chips for you. This guy should uh, <laughs> know his stuff. Um, and he was. Um, also followed up by um, uh, Keller. Uh, I forget his Jim Keller. Uh, Jim Keller was actually part of uh, AMD, so he was hired about two years ago um, to bring on that that um, 
uh, expertise um, about designing your own chips. And he, with that hiring, they brought along um, other um, uh, chip architects and executives from AMD later on to 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 sort of uh, um, build out that chip team that Tesla has in house. So they're really investing heavily into this and um, it's kind of a crazy announcement. And I think this makes it, in my view, makes Tesla look a little bit more like a tech company and not a car company. It's like a tech company who just happens to build cars. Yeah. <laughs> and and I think um, people are still viewing them as a just a car company, but I think um, this will help it sort of change that view and, and think of it them as a really a, a tech company first. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like, I don't see any other car company designing their own chips. Yeah. Also, the important distinction is that when Musk said that the chip was an order of magnitude improvement over the current NVIDIA chips, it wasn't clear if they were talking about what they were currently using or if they were talking about those Pegasus chips that I was telling you about a little while ago yeah. the ones that are 10x so it's possible that tesla's chips are 10x on a chip that is already 10x what tesla's already using or 100 times better yeah yeah for those of you who know math yeah did uh, we talk about the frames per second thing i you mentioned <laughs> this yesterday in the ride no yeah, so we the, the current the Elon stated that the current uh, processing uh, or processor in the cars can do uh, about 200 frames per second in terms of the raw data that it can take in. Um, so if you this is, take for reference, this is during self-driving, like yeah, during the road, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So looking at it, looking at the data at 200 frames per second, but that's that's look that sounds significant. But if you take into account that the um, Tesla models have eight cameras on board and you divide that by eight that gives you around uh 24 or 25 frames per second per camera um and with this new hardware version three it's going to up that to 2000 frames per second of processing power um uh, and so you just imagine divide that by eight that gives you a significant more of like a resolution and sort of response time yeah uh for analyzing that picture and see what's seeing what's going on um and that that 2000 frames per second said they said that it, it still offers uh headroom for redundancy in the background so there's still some wiggle room there it's not that that's not maxing out the chip um there's still some uh l- room left there for redundancy that's insane mm. that that means that each camera is now going to be processed like at a f- higher frequency than the entire array of cameras does right now yeah yeah yep yeah this is huge um if tesla can do this because this will set them by far out front of everybody else yeah when it comes to self-driving technology um and one step closer to actually having that um, that all that heavily desired, fully autonomous feature that a lot of people who are currently buying Model 3s are selecting when they check out with their cars. Because mm-hmm. that's Which like a car- feature you can yeah. you can add to your car that's not ready yet. Yeah, it's not do- it doesn't do anything yet. But if you buy it, now you get a free upgrade to this Hardware 3 when it does come out. Which very well, very may well, very well may. <laughs> There you I go. Can try. I, can, I can work. It's all right. Yeah. Sunday morning. Um, get them to where they want in order to actually have that feature be something that they can use, yeah. which is awesome. Yeah. 
And one more reason why I'm waiting to buy a Tesla. Once all this is like fully specked out and good to go, then I'm all in. So, <laughs> Irvin, you're the you're the one who's doing the beta testing, mm-hmm. essentially. I yeah. I don't know if uh, it's probably a lot of speculation to think that it'd be ten times faster than the fastest Nvidia chip that's offered, but you never know. Yeah, it's it's sounded... I mean, even yeah. It sounded like he's probably saying it's going to be 10 times better than it already is, but mm-hmm. we'll see, I guess. Yeah. We'll, yeah, we'll we'll see when it actually comes out, see what the performance will be like or what, what types of features it will allow us to uh, get in yeah. cars. Yeah, and that's and if, they, if the 2,000 frames per second is what those 10x chips are capable of and Tesla's chip ends up being 10x more than that, then that's... Could be insane. That's that yeah. would be insanity. Yeah, it'll make so, the car just hover for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the car like knows what you're gonna do before you do it. It's like you're about to turn left. It's like I wouldn't do that yet. <laughs> <laughs> that would be that would be incredible. Yeah, to see that technology actually rolled out in its full potential, um, and it would set them clearly ahead in terms of being the best with their self-driving technology. Yeah. It would be the yeah. clear winner. Um, but yeah, so speaking of new tech, there is some news with Motorola that we have to announce. Uh, we reported in, I think, the past couple of episodes that Motorola or that 5G was beginning to finally roll out and get into its final stages. Um, sure. Some of the telecoms were offering it, but now we have the first 5G smartphone. Um, but it comes with a lot of asterisks and <laughs> a lot of yeah. um, a lot of big ifs that need to be answered before you run out and buy this phone. Um, so, five G is getting a lot of hype lately because it's finally coming out, and a lot of carriers are finally talking about rolling this technology out to various cities. Um, but that's the thing: if you don't have a cell phone that could utilize 5g networks then it's something that's just there that you can't you can see it but you can't use it so there's no real point in caring about it unless you own a phone like this one uh, which is the motorola moto z3 um it's um it's a decent phone Uh, i was looking through the spec list it's uh gonna be a solid device but the big notable feature that it has is it has support for the bands for 5g networks um they're calling it the world's first 5G upgradable smartphone. Um, but the only problem is that it doesn't have 5G now, but it will in the future. 2019. So technically, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it doesn't actually have 5G. It's going to be available via a clip on Moto Mod accessory that will launch sometime in early 2019. Right. So we've seen Moto Mods before, like the projector and all that stuff but um the the 5g attachment even if you do buy it in 2019 when it comes out you will only you can if you you can only utilize it if you live in i think houston los angeles sacramento and then one additional city to be named in the second half of this year yeah and that's that's with the home internet not with mobile internet so (laughs) it will have a mobile 5g solution in 2019 right so So, around the time that moto mod comes out yeah so make sure one of your hands is free so you can hold your breath <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's it's uh there's a lot of asterisks here and i think that's 
almost to be expected with um with the advent of any phone that's trying to adopt this new technology but i find it hilarious that they didn't build it into the phone itself it comes via a clip-on mod so um and from the the pictures that they have here um it's a pretty thick clip-on mod yeah it adds like almost a centimeter and a half what it looks like to the thickness of the device itself and while a centimeter in terms of numbers may not seem big that's very thick in your pocket considering most phones are thinner than a centimeter already yeah it does have a a 200 milliamp hour battery in there too so that might be why it's a little bit thicker and that might be sort of uh saying that this 5g could be a a drain on your battery life so you could use those 200 or 2000 extra milliamp hours in your in your phone Mm -hmm. uh i don't know how um energy efficient you know this 5g technology is the very first 4g device on verizon was the htc thunderbolt and it had really bad reputations for horrible battery life uh so we just have to uh, wait and see uh one thing that i i i'm very skeptical of and i don't know where this is going um or how, how widely like spread this will be because the this whole Motomod thing, I think Lenovo has been public about it, that they're not continuing on with it. So this might be like the last phone to sort of support um, the Motorola Motomods yeah. um, on their phones. Um, and I don't know if it's just limited to that one phone. And I think this is just sort of like this test product. I don't think most people were actually going to buy this, to be honest. Yeah, this is more of like a proof of concept, if anything, for yeah. people who are like willing to test out the um, it's willing to test out the abilities that 5G is capable of at a consumer level. And maybe that 2000 milliamp hour battery that comes packed in with this is purely to keep your device from not melting <laughs> once it tries to connect to a 5G network, because um they have the first 5G modem inside of that Moto mod called the Snapdragon X50. And if you have the network to support it, you can get uh, capable or theoretical download speeds of 5 gigabits per second. I love this quote here. Yeah. If you could achieve that speed in real life, you would burn through your monthly plan on Verizon in 36 seconds. <laughs> so you would use all 22 gigs of your da- of your unlimited data plan in half a minute. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I don't... There's a lot of um, there's a lot of ifs here, and um, it it contains a 2,000 milliamp hour battery. Right. Uh, first generation modems eat up a huge amount of power, so that's exactly what that's for. I and mean, it's a welcome addition to have that extra battery, so your phone doesn't melt the second you connect to a 5G network. And their first 4G device, the Thunderbolt, had a disastrous battery life, like you were talking about. Um, and they've publicly apologized for the fact that, that phone even existed. Um. But it's a weird-looking device. It's only got Snapdragon's 835 instead of the current 845. So that's a chip from 2017, which currently is the chip that's in like the Pixel 2s. Um, but it's not in any recent device. Uh, it's in the also, it's also in the Note 8 as well. Um, it has a 6-inch 1080p OLED display. Uh, 4 gigs of RAM, 64 gigs of storage, dual 12 megapixel cameras, and a 3,000 milliamp hour battery, no headphone jack, and USB-C. So just a quick spec list of this device. It's a very like middle-of-the-pack type phone for 2018. It's not 
checking any box exceptionally well. It looks except like for the fact, what? It looks like it has a, a side mounted fingerprint reader too, which will be interesting. Yeah. And I don't even know if you could even use that in the United States because the Xperia phones have a side mounted fingerprint scanner, but due to a current patent law, they have to disable the fingerprint scanner. Um, you can only get it if you have a UK device for the Xperia phones. Um, you actually have to flash the uh, UK image to a US phone if you want to use that fingerprint scanner. They make it easy to do, but not everybody knows that. Maybe you can bundle it with uh, a cheat-enabled version of Fortnite. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe, yeah. And you can play Fortnite over 5G. There you go. If and... you live in one of those cities. But if you don't live in one of those cities, then this is just a proof of concept to you and wait until a better phone comes out because there will definitely be better phones that come out with this. Pretty much. Uh, so, yeah. That was fun. <laughs> I believe I believe we have more news on uh, that's battery related. We do, yeah. Speaking of batteries, Tesla. We're going back to Tesla. Um, their Gigafactory One battery production is a uh, it's pretty pretty high compared to compared to other companies. Um, so much so that it's more than all of them combined. <laughs> <laughs> so Gigafactory One, the Tesla slash Panasonic battery factory in Nevada is becoming fully operational and in that um it has produced at a it's now at approximately 20 gigawatt hours which is more than any car maker combined uh in terms of battery production which is impressive to say the least um and the fact that they have not one but two more of these already like officially planned um is a testament yeah, I- to how powerful Tesla will be they have, in the future. Their batteries are like huge too. Like yeah. 75 to 100 kilowatt hour batteries. Yeah, mm-hmm. that, that, that helps them get to that number uh, for sure because they make bigger battery batteries than any other sort of electric uh, car manufacturer right. um, out there. But so right now it's 20 gigawatts, but actually that's, that's not the final sort of number that they want to reach just for uh, Gigafactory 1. The total output uh, capacity planned um, is 150 gigawatts for just that one uh, uh, gigafactory because it's not fully built yet. It's not yeah. even. It's not They're even still, near. We still need to add three more production lines. Yeah. So they're they're expanding quickly, um, and I think this puts them well ahead of any other sort of car maker so far that sort of wants to compete in that market. Yeah. It does does give them a, a sort of leg up, but I think, you know, that you can't take that lightly that all the other car, make, car makers can um, potentially ramp up uh, if they wanted to, um, as well if they saw the demand for them. Yeah. So, um, but they like you meant like you said, meant uh, Matt that they are uh, planning to launch two other ones already. They yeah. officially announced one in China. Um, that they're starting to build out uh, by 2020. And uh, another one in Europe that they haven't announced the location of yet. Specifically. Yeah, this one production line hasn't even reached its um, current expected annual production rate, which is 35 gigawatt hours. So it Mm -hmm. still has another like 1.5x to go before it gets to its annual predictions of where it's going to be at. So this is... 
they're going to be easily unmatched in their ability to produce batteries. And I wonder if this will lead the world to possibly adopt Tesla as like their battery format for electric vehicles if they'll make that work with other auto manufacturers or if other auto manufacturers will make their cars work with these batteries. So Tesla could possibly distribute them globally. Right. Yeah. I don't know. That's, that's, I don't think that's even been remotely talked about, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's like insane to think of the number of batteries that's coming out of this factory. That's only operating at 30% capacity. What also is crazy is they plan to spend about $5 billion on this Gigafactory one, and the one that they're going to be building in China is about 40% of that cost they're estimating. So it'll be yeah. $2 billion instead of $5 billion, which is obviously good for Tesla. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's very, very good for Tesla. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, I'm excited for this just because that means that we're going to see way more um, exciting things come out of this company and they'll be able to actually keep up with the numbers that they're predicting for their model three i think this is specifically what that's for just to keep up with their model three production um but yeah they're they say they're learning a tremendous amount but um they still have a ways to go and now there's like you said Irvin, there's one in europe but they don't they haven't announced where uh but there is one in china which is actually i think moving forward now Yep. with the final plans to start construction. But this is, I think we talked about this when it was being built, like the estimated numbers that it was capable of. But seeing this thing actually in in like production mode is both a awe-inspiring and kind of frightening thing. <laughs> <laughs> it really is. Yeah. No, it's, it's really cool. I'm seriously impressed with what Tesla is capable of with this kind of technology. Um, but but yeah, I mean, this is just the beginning. So I don't think we've seen the last of this. We're definitely going to be seeing Tesla um, come out with a lot more batteries. And I wonder how the auto industry is going to react to this. Like you were saying earlier, Urban, um, it's very possible that uh, we'll see them follow suit. But I don't know. We'll see. Right? Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think with that, that brings us to the end of the episode. Unless anybody has anything else they'd like to talk about. If Irvin would like to give a demo of his flamethrower uh, <laughs> subsequent video of the apartment burning down. Nope. Uh, I'm going to have a, a say a no on that. Yeah. Not yeah. going to cause a fire in my own apartment. I was thinking while we were doing the episode, you have a hell of a home defense weapon right behind I, you. I do. I do. Oh People yeah. should be aware yeah. when they're coming over that I do have a weapon. You sabotage. Yeah. If someone tries to invade your home, just burn it down. <laughs> yeah. Also, Irvin can make some baller flambe. I could. I could. <laughs> His dessert game goes to a whole level. Gigantic trays. <laughs> <laughs> That's exciting. I wanna I need you to to like we have like an outdoor event. And you have dessert, just set it on fire. Yeah. Yeah, you can cater now and just keep the food hot with that. Yeah, from a distance. <laughs> from a distance. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. That's awesome. Um, but yeah, so like I said, that brings us to the end of the episode. Um, thank you guys for watching. Uh, if you liked what you hear what you heard today, you can catch up with us after these live recordings at any time on 
any number of podcasting apps. You can find us by searching for Industry 4.0 or Industry 4.0, all spelled out. Uh, if you want to catch up with us on social media, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, uh, sometimes Instagram, <laughs> and Twitch as well. I'm going to count this as a social network. Um, we're fairly active. If you want to have a direct line to us, I recommend Twitter just because I'm trying to be more active on that. So I think that's our most active platform at this moment. So if you haven't, give us a follow on Twitter for more updates and information. Um, if you liked what you heard, feel free to give us a review on iTunes or Stitcher. Uh, we love to know what you guys are thinking about our podcast, if what we're doing right, what we're doing wrong. And it sounds like we're begging for reviews, but it really does help us give you guys a better show. So um, knowing what we're doing right and what we're doing wrong helps us help you get better tech news. So, um, and yeah, um, if you're wondering, all music is produced in-house by none other than Jeff um, on the podcast. Um, but yeah, so with that, this has been episode 62 and we will see you guys in the next one. 